Just how important is sitting at the table and breaking bread with others? It might be more important than you think. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. We're talking about something a little different this week, the value of a meal. No, I'm not talking about rising inflation. There are enough people talking about that. I'm focusing on the idea of sitting at the table with others, family, friends, and even strangers. How important is that meal? Shelley Hughley, Southwest Farm Press, recently explored that concept in a column, but she also had the valuable experience herself at a farm-to-fork event. That's where she connected with food bloggers who, though they had never been on a farm, were writing about food. She discusses what she found, the value of that meal, and even the great conversations she's had at the table with others. Shelley Hughley, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Good to hear from you. So it's always fun to talk to you. And you've written a column um, I'm kind of interested in, and it's a topic I've had with a conversation I've had with other people in the past. The the idea of the value of the kitchen table or the dining table, or maybe in your case, the kitchen bar or dining table, eating together, I guess, is where we're going. And And why is that important? I guess I wanted to talk about that first. And then I want to talk about a special dinner you got to attend. But why do you think getting together around some sort of table is a good idea? Well, you know, when my farmer and I first married, we we made it a hard, fast rule starting out. We're not eating meals in front of the TV. We're going to sit at the table so that we're looking at each other. We're talking and we're just working out life at the dinner table. And most recently I was at it was a field to fork event and I just happened to look across the to another table and it was a mixed group of producers, um, food bloggers, metropolitan food bloggers, some of whom had never even been on a farm before, um, NRCS personnel, people from the ag industry, all sitting at the same table and having a conversation. And and it just dawned on me when, when we sit at the table, what is it about food and sitting across from each other that provides this atmosphere, this environment to not only talk, but to listen. Because as as important it is as, as agriculturalists that we tell our story, it's also important that we listen. And the same goes for metropolitan food bloggers. And the same goes for my farmer and I, not only that I'm talking, but... <clears throat> excuse me, I'm also listening. And so it just got me thinking about the different tables that I've sat at with Farm Press over the last several months. And, you know, it also it brought to mind one of my interviews this spring. I was in Central Texas and I walk in, they said, let's, let's sit around the kitchen table for this interview. And I said, great. And when we walk in, there on the kitchen table is is an issue of Southwest Farm Press from the 90s. And, and the father, Don Schneider, had been interviewed by Calvin Pig back in the 90s. And I was there today to interview his son, Brian. And, and so we sat around this kitchen table and over a cup of coffee talked about farming and, and what people are dealing with uh, this season. And then... Just recently, I uh, I took a picture 
gosh, I guess I think it was in 2018 or 2019 of a deer leaping through a sorghum field. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those days I'd been sitting and writing and I was, I just needed a break. And I, photography is really my passion. And so sometimes I just get up and I go drive maybe for 30 minutes and just stop in fields and, and take pictures. And, and on this day, there was a deer out there and I literally just started shooting, not knowing what I was going to get. And when I got back, to the house and and got to look through the pictures. I had this beautiful um, shot of the deer leaping over the sorghum. So anyway, it was a cover shot that I used. And months later, I get a text from a gentleman uh, named Alton Taylor, who told me he was painting a picture of this picture I took. Well, a couple of weeks ago, he texted me and said, hey, I'm going to be in the area. I would like to give you this painting. And so we met up with him and um, some, actually, all the people that rent his farmland. He used to farm around here and then was with the Soil and Water Conservation District for 30 years and rents his land out. And he had had a, he had a supper with all of his renters and invited my farmer and I to this this supper and he presented me with this painting and when we ate we're all sitting in a circle in this living room we are all strangers so we're at the beginning making this awkward conversation and by the end of it over catfish and fried chicken we begin to talk about you know similar friendship connections we have and we talk farming and we talk vacations and by the time it's finished there that awkwardness is gone and and where does it happen it happens at the table it happens over food it's it's like food and the table is this great equalizer where you can bring different people strangers together and it provides an opportunity for conversation so I think it's interesting when you think about breaking bread together has always been kind of a a thing when you talk to food writers and other people, even people you don't know. Once you're sitting around the table, you kind of want to know about people. People are curious. Uh, I think it's interesting how food breaks things down. There's kind of a joke. You mentioned that it, it's easier to talk or listen at the table. You know, your mother told you not to talk with your mouth full. So when you're eating, <laughs> you're not talking. And that gives other people a chance to share their ideas. I think that's kind of funny, too. Field of Fork was interesting from the standpoint that urban food bloggers, which I think is funny, who've never been on a farm but are writing about food. What did you learn there? What was that like to sit at those tables and hear those questions? Tell me about that. Well, you know, one of the things I asked them as I visited with them was, you know, first, is this your time, first time to be on a farm? Many said yes. And then my next question was, you know, what's what stood out to you today? Uh, if you were going to write a headline, what would it be? And several of them talked about, gosh, we had no idea that farming was so technical. We had no idea how much research goes into farming. Another person talked about the human connection, how visiting the farm has created for them as a, a food blogger, the human connection between this meal that we're eating there are hardworking people, not just in the kitchen of the restaurant that's cooking it, 
but the people out on the farm that are growing it. And and, and Daniel Berglund and um, Keith Costa, uh, several producer, different producers were very transparent about this is what this season this year is like. We're dealing with drought. We deal with untimely rain, sometimes way too much. And talking about the challenges that go into producing the food that they're writing about. Um, another uh, individual, uh, Jimmy Ropolo with uh, United Ag, uh, talked about how big the agricultural economy is in Wharton County. And then he also talked about challenges, one of those being that they've lost 19,000 acres to solar farms. And he talked about that, that that's not just productive land that's no longer producing our nation's food and fiber, but you and I talked about that's chemical that's not being applied. That's a cotton that's not being run through a gin. Like it has a, a far reaching effect. And, and one of the bloggers that I talked to at, at the end of the tour said, you know, it never dawned on me when I pass by and I see those solar farms that that's land being taken out of production. That's land that's not producing this nation's food and fiber. And so the whole event was done so well about connecting food bloggers, urban city dwellers with farmers and people in the ag industry. And like I said, giving them a format where they can ask questions and learn. And at the same time, and I can say this, as a farmer's wife, for us as in on in the agricultural sector to hear their perspective, because I think it's important that both of us listen and both of us learn and both of us tell our story. And that helps make the connection. Well, I agree. And I think it's, uh, one thing, a point I want to make, too, is and I think uh, farmers listening to this know that everybody who farms is open to sharing their story. I've never had a problem with that. Um, going to any farm out of the blue sometimes it feels like I think to them but the idea that a food blocker could easily uh, reach out to a farmer and come out and understand the operation and a farmer would welcome their visit and welcome that interaction and even sometimes the challenging questions because we should be challenged too um, about what we do and how we do it so that when we can answer those questions clearly we understand and they understand how this really works. I think the beef industry is doing a really good job of that, given it seems like every time I turn around, they're under attack uh, for for right. whatever reason. And and obviously with falsehoods, uh, but the and not always. I think the part of it is an understanding and interpreting what's being said and what it really means from the standpoint of how a piece of our agriculture works. And I think that's part of that dialogue. But, you know, that dialogue is hard when you're all just standing around in a circle but when you're sitting at a table. You're having some good food. And by the way, I read that column and uh, I got hungry uh, reading it, uh, mostly because I like everything that was listed uh, for food, mostly fried catfish. But that's a different problem. But I think that when you think about food and you think about that kind of thing, um, I think in my experience going to farms over the years um, in the old days, I wouldn't I don't do this now, although I did pull it off. a little, I did do it. <laughs> recently for a farmer feature. You try to time it so you get to the place about 1030. Right. And then, 
and then you get lunch. Exactly. <laughs> when exactly. I when I was in my twenties, I would do that. I don't do that very often. <laughs> Although on a recent master farmer visit, and I want to thank the wonderful lunch I had there that that they did feed me lunch. But most of the time, I try not to do that. I don't want to impose. But that conversation around the table was fantastic, and it, it's pretty cool. Well, even with my peanut efficiency winner, uh, Carl Stutzman, I interviewed him on the tractor while he was planting his peanuts and then we stopped to take pictures of course it's like over a hundred degrees outside um so we're taking pictures not a lot of conversation other than okay smile one two three one more and um so when we finished up we went in their house they invited me in and sat and had lunch around the table and their two daughters are college age and so it was just fun to get to listen to them dialogue and just talk about what's going on in their lives. And then just to learn more, I learned more sitting at that table with the Stutzmans than if I had left after those pictures. And there's just something special about sitting around the table. And I take it as a privilege that farm families all over the Southwest invite me repeatedly to sit at their table and trust me to tell their story. And, And that's not something I take lightly and it's something that's really special to me. Well, and, and I appreciate your work doing that. And I have to say, without being too maudlin, it's true for every one of our editors and every farmer we talk to in all, all across the country. It's universal that we're often welcome. And sometimes when I'm with farmers, I'm happy to take them out to lunch, too. If they're not, you know, that's become a thing um, right. when you're busy. We'll we'll go. But we'll go to a favorite place and sit around the table. Same thing. We're just sitting there and somebody else made lunch, which isn't always a bad thing either. So when people right. are busy, but uh, you get to talk and you get to know people. And, yeah, you, you have that conversation. You know, when you're in the interview, I've got six questions I need to ask or there are questions I need to ask and I need to stay focused on, for example, PEA peanut efficiency award winners you're focused on the peanuts you focus on why they're efficient you're fo- yeah a little farm history but you know what i mean when you sit yeah. around the table and you learn about those college-age daughters and what they're studying and why they went that way and that adds texture i'm sure ends up in the story in one way or another and that's the part that makes our writing better so that's cool always comes back to the people and that's what i love about my job absolutely well shelly hugley it's been great talking to you about uh sitting around the table and learning from everyone. And that's true, both sides. And I appreciate your work at that. And I appreciate you, your dining and enjoy that as well. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. It's interesting when you think about it. Some of my best times and probably yours are when you gather with people just to eat. And if you've seen my picture, chances are you've already guessed it. I do like to eat. But when at the table with others, people are more likely to converse positively, and you learn things in ways you might not before, as Shelley did find out. Thanks to Shelley Hughley, Southwest Farm Press, for her work and for her perspective on this interesting issue. Perhaps we need to invite more people to our tables. Also, a little shout-out, the Iowa Master Farmer whose table I joined for lunch was Keith Sexton with his wife Barb in Rockwell City, Iowa. Great meal, great conversation and much appreciated. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress, and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, 
National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs. And our events including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening. Thank you.